following podcast contains coarse language and strong opinions on wine. Seriously, these two have potty mouths and little self-control. Listeners, you've been warned. From our basement studios in suburban Chicago, it's That Wine Pod. My name is Pete, and across from me, my co-host, the titan of Tempranillo, Vino Mike. Hello, everybody. I almost want you to change that to like Matthew McConaughey. He's like, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Oh, man. So we got, we're just talking tonight. Like we have no subject. This is that wine show about nothing. What? What's that? What's this episode? What's this going to be about? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wine. Wine is the star. As so, it should be. It should. So we're just going to kick it right in. All right. Tell everybody. Kick it. What's in that bottle? Today in that bottle for episode Who blankety knows? blank. Yeah. We're drinking some Rioja. We're going to Spain. I love it. We're going to Spain. Rioja. Some oh, I love Rioja so much. I have so much enthusiasm for this region as a whole because it's it's it has a ton of history, yet it's currently so fucking innovative. Like there's still there's like a little revolution going on there. And you get all these different styles and interpretations of wine that is mind-boggling. Not overwhelming but just like wow this is all from the same place so yes mostly mostly tempranillo and i would add affordable yes that is like the the seals the deal right yeah there is no other region on earth and if you're out there to disagree let me know let's throw down because bring it bring this shit there is no other region for wine on earth that offers as much quality for value as Rioja, and I'm talking on the world class wine level. I would agree. Not every single bottle from Rioja is world class, but they have a shit ton of world class wine that ages decades upon decades. You know, they're ageable, they're complex, they're delicious, they're. But what, of, what, what, I mean, what region, what region hits it out of the park every single time? The, none. 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 Right? So. It's a special place, yeah. and All so right, anyway, we're back we're, to the wine. We're tasting a Rioja today, and this this is a great. Uh, this is going to be a fun one to talk about here. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I'm like I don't want to give away too much about the bottle, but no, go ahead. This one um, is called Honora Vera, and Honora Vera is a relatively new wine um, from from this region, from Rioja, but it is produced by a family from Spain that is not new to the game at all. No, uh, the heel family. All right. So, yeah, that's it. Simple, straightforward. Honora Vera Rioja, 2017 vintage. It is produced in a style that is just upfront, juicy, easy to drink, delicious, like gobs of fruit. What's What's fascinating about Rioja is that you can get a wine like this. 
or you can get a wine that's been aged in a wood barrel at the winery for eight years. Right. And then the winery itself holds it in bottle for another five years. You know, something like, uh, who am I thinking of here? Lopez, Lopez de Heredia. Lopez de Heredia, Cune. Some of these very old school Rioja producers that produce classic old school Rioja that have all the gnarly, organic, funkiness that I I love about this region. I think Rioja fans have come to love about the region. And then you have a wine like this. That yeah. it, it's bottled, it's, it's produced, it's bottled, it goes to market. And this this one is something special, though. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, all right. So first of all, this wine retails under ten bucks mostly. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to lead off with that because that's like if you taste this wine blind right. or not knowing how much it costs, at least right. No fucking way are you going to guess right. that this is under ten bucks a bottle yeah. retail. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I mentioned it. That's exactly it, and. So this one's a little bit special because I tasted this the first time on a trip, on a wine trip. That's awesome. Right. And with the One Hill family wineries, uh, and we were going around tasting at each thing. And this one came out and I knew the Honorovera line, right? So they make a few other Honorovera wines. I asked, as soon as I tasted this, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, time out. It says Honorovera. Is this like just a temporary thing? Like what's going on here, right? Because I knew Honorovera wines typically retailed in the eh, under ten dollars. Could could be like right? six ninety nine. Some, some of those some, places, some of those yeah. wines, and they're they're overall known for like very good quality for this price. And it's and it's the Hill family, like one Hill family. They don't put any crap out. Oh no, at the, all. the high quality stuff, right? So I'm on this trip and I taste this and I am blown away, right? And I'm tasting. Much more expensive wines on this trip. And the one that I remember is right here, right now. Awesome. This is the one I remember. I liked it so much that I said, how much did you make? (laughs) Because I think I would buy all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I had my druthers, I would have bought a container of this stuff. And the the key to me was trying to figure out, hey, what, why? Like what? Why in the hell would you do this? Like, what the fuck is going on with this kind of quality in this bottle? This, I'm just sniffing this while you're talking. This is unfucking real. How good this wine is for this price? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's but it's got more than fruit. Like, it is a gobs of fruit, right? But it's got way more. Yeah, and I, and it's not a fruit bomb, but no. it's like the fruit is so juicy and delicious and ripe. But there, there's this pepper note and this earthiness in there that you've come to expect with Rioja wine this little a little mix of like dirt you know wet dirt but also kind of rocky stony type soil in there yeah there's a minerality and again Mike I'm afraid that the microphone is gonna take a bath because there's lots of acid going on here (laughs) (laughs) I'm already drooling all over it you know you know me (laughs) So I, I'm I'm tasting this wine. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm trying to figure this out. So they start to tell the story of, hey, we're we just bought the winery in Rioja not long ago, and I believe it was Rioja Alavesa, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and they weren't ready, right? They, they a bunch of a confluence of events kind of happen, right? Where they're not ready to bring out their 
premium Rioja because I believe, and they didn't say this, but I believe this will end up under a different bottling with the same fruit, mm. right? So if I bought, if I had to spend 20 bucks on this, I, honestly, I'd be more than happy easily with this wine. Like I would think I got a hell of a deal at 20 bucks. Like if you bought this for 15 Oh, steel. You'd be you'd be thrilled yeah. with your purchase. Yeah. Like, wow, this is really good for a fifteen dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. Like eight, nine bucks, whatever, right. under ten. Right. Give it away, give it away now. Yeah, right. And so I they started to explain, hey, we put everything into this, right? Okay. And I was like, wow. So it's the first, it's the inaugural release. It it's, is. It's never been released. This is the very first vintage I, I believe of so. Honora Vera yeah. from Rioja. Right. So there's Honora Vera from other regions in Spain. Right. But this is the first one from Rioja. Right. And the other, you know, will be like Garnacha and, and other, you know, grapes, other varietals. And some white. I know. You know, they do. And they do a rosé that's surprisingly good. The rosé is quite good. Yeah. You know, indeed. it's just, it's just pop and pour, fun, fruity, easy to drink. Rosé so, all day. Rosé all rose day. Rosé all year. Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. Ain't just warm weather wine. That's right. Come on now. You don't just need buy your whispering angel in the summer, you know, Shh. whisper. When I left the trip, I couldn't wait for this to get here. I, mm-hmm. I was all over the distributor and, and the supplier. When's this coming? When's this coming? When's this coming? Because I knew I wanted to buy cases of this. Mm-hmm. And I would say, honestly, Mike, I'm not sure. So I bought multiple cases of this wine, but I think you, you bought a case, right? I bought two cases. You bought two cases. Not not like up front, but I bought a case and once that was through the wine there was no more in the market. Right. And then they got another drop of it at some point. And I had to buy another case right. when that came in too. Right. So I think I don't think there would ever have been another wine that you and I both bought multiple cases of. Yeah, I, I usually don't buy cases. Uh, you know, you you, you kind of get tired of the wine a little bit. I don't mind buying two or three bottles at a time, or maybe I'll end up buying a case over six months. Right. Because I keep going back to that bottle and buying it here and there. But this is one, like, is absolute, you cannot go wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. I got a lot of, as many people as I could get to buy a case, I, I got everybody to buy, to buy yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know if it can be found really in the market. Uh, maybe the 18 is available somewhere Yeah. Uh, under some one hill label. I'm not even sure if it's on Rivera. I haven't looked. Yeah. But the, the, this one is so damn special. So damn special. And I, I mean, that trip was, was great. And again, come back to who are you with? You know, I didn't know anybody and I'm not, I, I'm honestly, not, I'm kind of shy. Like when I don't know people, Yeah. you know, I just, I'm kind of in my shell and you spend all the, these wine trips, man. Everybody thinks they're great. Like, oh, you got to go to Spain and go to go all over the place and drink wine. It's a fucking death march, man. It's work. It like, is terrible. It is crazy work. Indeed. You know, you are in a van for hours and hours driving place to place. You get there. You start drinking through wines. You've got to keep up with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And then you eat at weird times. It's Europe, man. You eat at weird times for us Americans. Yeah. And so you're eating until way into the night and drinking way into the night. And then you got to get up and go. Yeah, I mean, you're, on, and there's, you're on an itinerary and usually you're 
at your I so I was in Rioja a couple years ago on a on a sponsored trip as well an industry trip and I I think by around 10 a.m. we're at our first appointment and sometimes that's late right for these types of trips this happened to be this was a lot of work but for how these trips tend to go it was pretty uh cush is very it was a cushy trip like it was a small group we had like our own small van we all had our own seat each seat had a phone charger like it was a lot of nice amenities but i just remember this one moment on the trip we were on the bus it was like a van bus it wasn't really a bus it was like a 15 20 seater or something and we're going from one winery to the next And I'm looking around and every motherfucker on that thing is passed out. (laughs) Everyone except me. And I felt so proud. I was so pumped up that I'm like, fuck this. I'm in Rioja, man. This is amazing. I don't like I'll sleep at night, but I don't want to miss anything. I'm looking out the windows. I'm like on my phone researching where we're going. Like you just, hey, YOLO, baby. And I've been to Rioja one time and I haven't been back since and I don't know right. if I'll ever go again so right. you know just kind of soak it in but it was just hilarious to to look around at, at all the other professionals that I was with and they really were professionals and it was an amazing experience but they're tiring like you get your ass oh. kicked if you don't know how to pace yourself a little bit drink a ton of water and uh, not give in to when your day is done and you have your free time going out doing the nightlife yeah. thing yeah. having shots or yeah gin and tonics <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean because that was something spain's kind of known for their gin and tonic yeah and i didn't i didn't realize that until i went yeah and i mean it's an odd thing maybe i but i gotta say when when we ordered them it took forever oh yeah i was like what the fuck this Home, is a, homemade this tonic like gin tonic lime you're done right it's not no 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 no. (laughs) not the case at all there's some artisanal shit going down on a gnt from there is yeah there is man i and i i hit that party circuit at the end so we ended our trip in barcelona yeah and we went to an irish pub oh you almost made it in barcelona and just got hammered awesome yeah so the the plane ride home still drunk was everybody like were you with everyone from the trip or was it like a satellite satellite group group, yeah there was a satellite group of us and you know just we were talking and just got into it and that was that yeah and you know it was fun what i remember of it it was a lot of fun but it was wickedly bad to get on a plane when you're still tipsy oh it's the worst from from barcelona so it's not like it was a hop skip and a jump over yeah you know so yeah so the best part of that for me i had the bulkhead so i had all kinds of room so i was able to kind of recline and and just you know make sure that the spins didn't didn't get me too bad so not my brightest not my brightest moment but the the trip was was great overall Mm -hmm. a lot of great wines but the one wine i could tell you about was Less than ten dollars was this guy. Was this guy right here? So amazing. I don't know, man. What do you think of industry trips overall? How many have you taken? Um, I've been on. Let me think here. Uh, you know, two for sure come to mind. My first one was two thousand and four. It was the Bobby Catcher trip. He's oh, a importer. Bobby. Bobby, shout out to Bobby. 
Uh, Catcher was an importer, mostly of French wine. Um, he was dabbling in Portugal around the time I went also, but we didn't focus on those at all. This was 2004. Uh, I remember bringing a digital camera with me. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. It's like, ooh, I don't have film. Like a disposable? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I had one of those too, like as backup or something. Right. That was a that was a wild trip. This I think this was your um, you know stereotypical wine industry trip where we flew into Paris. That's where we all met, kind of rendezvoused to get it started. Hopped on one of their speed trains, bullet trains, what have you, and it went to Nîmes. N i m e s. Nîmes is a city in um, southern Rhone. At the time, it wasn't Côte de Rhone. It, it was out. It was considered part of the Languedoc. Now, Costier de Nîmes, the Appalachian, is part of the Rhone Valley. I don't exactly know what the hell happened there and why, why it was, wasn't, and now it is. Annex, war. It was a war between the Southern Rhone and the Languedoc. Yeah, the war of 2005, (laughs) Languedoc (laughs) versus Rhone. Yeah, this was your classic industry trip. We had, I'm trying to remember, two, at least maybe three charter buses for for everybody. Wow, that's a big one. So it was a big trip. Bobby Catcher was a big importer. It was, you know, people from around the country on the trip and a whole lot of people. And for the most part, and you know, 2004, so what was I, 26, 27, probably right before my 27th birthday. So prime time to, you know, party it up and everything. But I, you know, I, I, I paced it, I paced it out for sure. I did a, a pretty good job, but right in, right in the middle of the trip. So the trip focused, started in Nîmes. It focused on the Rhone. We did take a couple of day trips out into the Languedoc. I remember we went to Corbiere and I love the wines from Corbiere not necessarily from that trip, but just tasting the, those are also, I mean, 10, 10, 10 bucks a bottle ish or so and offer so much. Bobby, Bobby failed on, on the Corbiere wines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No, thanks I, for the I, trip. Those wines sucked. Yeah, I know. I can't remember the produce, the name of the producer we went this, this, you know, yeah. you're yeah, asking on. a lot now. That's man. a long That's time a ago, long man. Time ago, but have there, you been on, a couple highlights though. Yeah. When one of the, one of the days we we went to uh, when we were done staying in Nîmes for like three days, we went to Avignon, Avignon in the heart of the Rhone Valley. This is like Chateauneuf de Pop country and Gigondas and all those great appellations in the Rhone. And it was Chateauneuf de Pop day, and I was so excited to go to this famous appellation. And I woke up in the morning like seven thirty or so, and I threw up, oh. puked my guts out in the bathroom, and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm rallying." I feel good. I just, you know, I got sick. And I, it wasn't like I, I, I drank heavily the night before. I don't know exactly why that happened. Like quarter beer night. Exactly. I mean, you just yeah. you, you go find a can and then right. just power through, man. Right. And I'm like, I'm doing this. You know, I had to be on the bus by nine or something. I'm like, I'm not missing Chateauneuf to Pop. So I rallied. I got dressed. I, I made it onto the bus. There were a whole lot of people missing from the bus. Oh, and bug, I, bug I went through. I was not the only one that got sick. Wow. Yeah. You think it was a bug or you think it was food? I, I know exactly what it was. <laughs> but uh, before I tell you what it was, it was not, it, was, it wasn't either. I, I guess you can maybe call it a bug or a virus or okay. something, germs. I'm, I'm sitting on the bus. We're about ready to go. And they're like, all right, we're about, we're about ready to take off. Everyone have everything. And it was at like the zero last second where I was like, let me off the bus. And I got off and I walked over to the side of the road and found a space by myself and just puked again. And like I went back to my hotel room and 
the next 12 hours was praying to the porcelain gods. Oh, that's awful. So we were at a winery the day before. Uh, these wineries don't necessarily have a bunch of stemware. So we're like traveling with our own glasses. And from one winery to the next, they didn't get washed properly. And so maybe one person had a right. bug or something. And I mean, it just it just spread like wildfire. That's terrible. I don't know. I don't remember 30%, 40% of the people, 50. I, I don't remember who missed a lot of the Chateauneuf du Pop trip that day. But to this day, I've not stood in the vineyards of Chateauneuf du Pop. Maybe we should have that wine pod on location. Let's do it. In the Chateauneuf. I definitely need some. We're going to need way more sponsors. <laughs> the the mm-hmm. Chateauneuf rain check is way overdue at this point. Yeah. So that was a beautiful trip, though. That that was kind of the fun, funny story of, of it. The the one negative. Uh, we ended up going up the Rhone Valley and then into Burgundy. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. We stayed in uh, Bone. And I remember one night, like three or four of us, we left the hotel at like, you know, 11 p.m. or something and took a bottle of uh, Cassis, not creme de Cassis, but there's an appellation in Provence called Cassis named after the town there and we walked into the vineyards of Bone in the middle of the night and drank a bottle of wine out there this was in January so it wasn't you know it was cold but not freezing freezing cold this this particular evening but and uh had had an awesome time in Burgundy that was so so amazing so it was a overall an amazing experience and I took French in high school so it was kind of cool to go to France for my first trip and what else you know overall it was definitely you know like the death march that you hear about though I mean it was every single day you know, multiple appointments, multiple wineries. You know, we finally had our let loose night in Paris when we all got back. And that that's that's when I had a really good time. Shout out to my boy, Christopher Hayes. I hope maybe you're listening to this podcast uh, down in Texas. We were on the trip together and on our last, one of our last nights in, in Paris, we went up on the Eiffel Tower and got a bottle of champagne and had a little mandate up there. And Aww, it was all, cute. all romantic, but we, uh, we remained heterosexual and both went on to get that's married. That's okay. Uh, but it was really, it was a really special moment at that time. Nice. Really enjoyed it. Walked the Champs Elysees. It was such an amazing trip. So hand in hand, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we might have been drunk enough. I don't know. <laughs> uh, great time though. Um, and then the only other one was this Rioja trip. I'm trying to think, anything domestically? Not, not really. A couple industry trips. Yeah but not not the going abroad wine trip that yeah. we're talking about right now. Yeah. The Rioja one was awesome, though. That was like, again, 14, 15 people, one bus. Not as hardcore of an itinerary, but still, I think we had two to three appointments per day, three at the most, where some of these can be like four Oh yeah, easily. Spe- domestic, I've had where it's like six or even seven in mm-hmm. a day, and yeah. it's just brutal. By the way, if you're going to wine country, listeners... Just do two at the most. Oh, yeah. Two at the most. Yeah, do two. Enjoy them. Do Quality yeah. over quantity Absolutely. always wins. You yeah. can, when you're done with your two, then go let loose. Don't be the obnoxious fucking tourist that shows up at Winery 5 all drunk. They, they don't find you funny. Well, maybe if you're like sideways, if you're like Miles yeah. and drinking out of the spit bucket. Right. Maybe that's funny. That but, was kind of funny. Whoever had to clean that up, though, that sucked oh, for those. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've done a few industry buying trips. Yeah. My most memorable things, though, are the incentive trips that I was able to to get over time, you know, because I was an owner, right, of a, 
of a store. So I was able to, to win by buying a bunch, right? Mm-hmm. And and the two that we did that were just incredible were one to Argentina. Cool. Which was fantastic. So, you know, we went down there and we went to the winery that sponsored the trip and we won with. And, you know, we did unbelievable. Like we got to go zip lining in the forests of Mendoza. I mean, it was just crazy cool. And I got to meet um, a couple of wine industry people there. To, you know, it was that were great. Raphael and Megan. Shout oh, out. yeah. They're um, well, they're now married. So and both in the industry. So very cool people. And then the other one was to Aspen. I got to go to the Aspen Food and Wine Festival. Ooh, that's hot. And got to meet Jada, who is fantastic and gorgeous in person. And it was fan- it was just great to meet her. And uh, got to meet you know a lot of the chefs just briefly. Most of them, uh, Michael Simon. We got a pretty good. We had we got to talk to for a little while. That was that was great. I mean, we're nice. food nerds, you know. Yeah. So all these. You know, celebrity chefs are are great to us. And do, I, do I have the right? My, does he have a new book out? Fix it with food. Is that? Him? Yeah, I, uh, could be. I'll have to. I, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't have my computer booted up right now, or I would. I would hit the Google machine. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to meet Richard Blaze, and this was kind of earlier in his Ooh, yeah his up and coming. Although I'm super disappointed with that guy now. Top Chef superstar, and what what happened to him? Yeah. So I'm on my I'm on the Facebook right, mm-hmm. and I'm scrolling through the Facebook. Because you want to do that when you've got a couple of podcasts and you've got to do some stuff, right? Yeah. And I see an ad, you know, so they have the sponsored ads or whatever. They know that, that I love food and there's Blaze. And I'm thinking, cool, Blaze got another sponsorship. Good for him. Slim fast. What in the actual fuck? Richard Blaze and Slim Fast? I, I, I was, I, I'm like, I I took a screenshot of it, sent it to Gretchen, just with a WTF. I'm like, just speechless. I'm, I don't. Even, it was terrible. Was not ready. Was not ready for that one. I know. I know. I'm like, Blake, I like. I understand. Everybody's got to make money, and I'm not big on the "Hey, you sold out" thing or or whatever. I'm not yeah. big on that. But I just think that if you're gonna have this eat real food, like he was an overweight dude, right? Maybe he lost his weight with Slim Fast. I have no idea. If you're going to have this eat real food and then you've got this like super cool molecular gastronomy kind of take and you're super edgy, slim fast. Yeah. Dude. All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough ragging on Richard Blaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but pretty cool. You got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at, at, in Aspen. Yeah. And Tom Colicchio, nice. um, Gail uh, Simmons, I think her last mm-hmm. name is. Bobby Flay was the only one who was a jerk. Yeah. I, I, Bobby, if you're listening, Gail, Gail, you know, my, <laughs> she loves the spicy food. She does love the spicy. She food. loves the spicy food a lot. So I would, I would always be the immature one watching top chef and talk about, I bet she's got some of the stinkiest farts. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it, it could not be spicy enough for her. Most of the be. food, you know, I know. but, uh, she's, you know, whatever the, I don't know her personally at all. But her you don't even know if she does that. No, she doesn't fart. Of course not. not. No way. <laughs> but she she was one of my favorites, though, for sure, on the show. Yeah, um, I, I always love that. It's an all-star edition this year, so I'm looking forward to cool. that. A Voltaggio brother is back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're still 
relevant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun season to watch. But anyway, so that, that I remember those incentive trips more than anything. And then there was one that we got to do that included a trip to Behringer to on, that had a wine blending seminar. So they gave us the components to uh, the the big boy Behringer, right? Cool. The yeah. Private. Wait, what is it? Private it Reserve. Private Reserve, yeah. Blanking on Behringer's Big Wine. <laughs> Private Reserve, they give us those components, and they're like, blend. Well, it's a pretty generic name. Yeah. And they're like, blend. And then the winner was supposed to get, like, a case or something. Or, like, we were supposed to get a case of, like, the wine we blended or something. It never happened. Yeah. Liars. Big, fat liars over at the Behringer. That's okay. This is why we can't take any winery money. First, we're going to just disparage a bunch of them. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's what this show is supposed to be all about. Uh, just us being real. Yeah. So those are the ones I kind of remember. And we've never really talked about about these as much as we've worked together and hung out. We haven't really talked about these industry trips all that much. So no, no, kind of fun to, to kind of fun to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed a few domestic trips. I was out in uh, Oregon a few years ago with uh, Paulo, who, who brings in a couple of Pinot Noirs from that area. And that was my first time out there. And that was amazing. Paulo from um, Piedmont. Paulo from Piedmont. That was an incredible little experience. Not, it wasn't long enough, but what a great area to go and dive into. Like there, it's just a, such a small community where everyone knows everyone. It's very from what I saw, it was very uncommercialized. There's a lot of diversity and experimentation that's very exciting going on out there. Is that it's, just code for weed? It's more than just Pinot Noir. Weed had, I think it was just about to become recreationally <laughs> available <laughs> at, you know, at the time. But yeah, no doubt there's, there's plenty of that um, anywhere you turn. You know, Washington State also yeah. was a really cool area to explore a little bit and yeah, Not, nothing like going to wine country to really make you appreciate when you're drinking those wines. Like I've always loved Rioja, but until I went and I saw it and I understood and you just got the beautiful Sierra Cantabria mountains in the background everywhere you are. You can see those mountains and you mentioned Rioja Alavesa for the Honora Vera that we're drinking. And that's the high elevation subregion closest to the mountains. And you are so far up compared to Rioja Baja and you know, the other subregions, it's a completely different game going on up there. And they had this beautiful town, LaGuardia. Oh my God. It's like the most romantic thing you've ever seen. It's like the little town in Sicily from the Godfather when Michael Corleone is walking around when he's in protection. Second, second Godfather reference on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it going. Uh, It's those moments that define those types of trips. When, when you just, just kind of it just comes into your soul and you make that connection where you've been a fan of these wines but when you go and you meet the people and learn a little bit more and see what it's all about it just makes such a difference it elevates whether you're professional in the industry or a connoisseur it's one of the best things that you can do to enhance your appreciation for wine and your knowledge yeah i i agree i think if you can get to wine country all over the place like do it like it's it's just fun if you if you had to pick one domestically one region is it is where you like to drink from the most the same as the place you liked visiting the most or is that a little complex for no and this I, late at night no i'm gonna say yes okay that, and my place for that is is santa barbara oh yeah 
like Los Olivos, such a quaint little awesome town in Solvang, that whole area where Sideways takes place. I was out there before the movie and just, wow, fell in love with it right away. And it's one of, and I love to drink those wines so much because it's, it, for California, it's cool climate, California, but super sunny and really long growing season. So you get the ripeness and the fruit that it, California's wines are known for, but with this freshness and this brightness and this acidity. And then you have some of the best Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. You have some of the best Rhone wines with Syrah and the Syrah Grenache GSM blends. You have great Cabernet Sauvignons from the area, um, sparkling wine. It, and compared to Napa and Sonoma, which is breathtaking, and no doubt there's a lot of great, great wine that you can experience in Napa and Sonoma, it's just way more laid back, much less commercialized in the Santa Barbara area, a little easier to get to, and uh, I just like love that. it perfect weather like all the time it's perfect weather all the time in santa barbara it's like <laughs> it's like uh the it's like the idea it's like paradise uh, out there yeah and when it comes to wine i agree i think they're like a swiss army knife they can they could do like anything yeah and they do it really well and that's what i love to drink and it's affordable too right yeah i i could see that that's that's a beautiful spot and i haven't spent a lot of time there i'd like to spend more time there mm-hmm. um again we should on location go on to go on location do we but, know anybody out there uh I, we know a few people I think maybe okay. one or two. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to see if they give us an invite. All right. Come out and see us. Bring your recording equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we, I have such fond memories of uh, Napa and a trip there with yeah. friends that it's hard for me to ever get by that. Right. I know yeah. it's, maybe it's uncool to say, right. But I, great trip to Washington too with friends. Yeah. And, I love a lot of what's going on there and Red Mountain um, and just great, great Cabernet and just beautiful wines. But there's just something about Napa for me. And, you know, we did eat. It always comes back to food for me. And we well, did, Napa's romantic as fuck. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. I mean, it's not when people say like commercialized, like I just referenced it, you know, there's plenty of touristy winery traps yeah. you can fall into, sure. but it's the minority. Yeah. Well, and, and, so we had this trip out there um, with friends, you know, our, our friends that we reference often, Jen and Boone. And yeah. we went to some unbelievable wineries. We sat in at the with Kathy Corison uh, and drank wines with her, like all the way back to like her early, early vintages. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. It was something that like I'll never forget. We had our the best meal of our lives. We went to the restaurant at Meadowood which is a mortgage payment basically for a meal, but it was worth it, you know? Yeah. The, the, the food, the dining, it's, it's unparalleled. It is. It is. And I, I've been lucky enough. Santa Barbara has great, um, you know, I've not been to every single restaurant in Santa Barbara and wine country and stuff like that, but it doesn't match what you can do in Napa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that Napa has got all like at every level, they've got some great dining. Right. And I've been lucky enough to eat at both three star Michelin restaurants there. I ate at French Laundry a couple of times because of the industry. And then we went with to the restaurant Meadowood and as, as precise and unbelievable as French Laundry was, hmm. I would go to restaurant at Meadowood every day over it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just a personal opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that experience though, like it'll never I don't I don't see how it could ever fall from the top, right? Unless 
somehow El Bui like reopens and yeah. you know yeah. Jose Andres is like inviting us personally there. I don't I don't see it like changing my mind on like what's unbelievable to me. And th- that's just something that's special. And when you get into wine, right, one of the first things you learn about is that Napa Valley stuff. So yeah. it's fun. But I don't know, man. It was fun. Talking about trips. I didn't even I didn't even know that's the the route we'd go down for no. this one, but it's been cool. Heck yeah. Oh man, we need to take a wine trip. Like now. It is. Let's just go pack. It is way, way <laughs> overdue. So where do, yeah, where do you go in December? Anywhere. Well, January, you know? Yeah. Gotta, gotta get to there. I mean, you, <laughs> but again, you could go anywhere. Yeah. Cause most wine country is fairly, well, more known wine country, right? They hit winter for some of them, but a lot of them are very temperate, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of the point. That's why wine does well, you know? And we'll hopefully get to do one or two this coming year. Well, if you want to go right now, let's just get in the car and we can hit up the Shawnee Hills. That's right. We can. Good old Illinois. Good or, old Illinois. Or we can know, go north, go to Traverse City. I would love to go to Michigan. I have not explored Michigan enough. Oh, really? I, I have. I, there's some decent stuff going on up there. Yeah. I mean, probably most people, what they'll know are fruit wines, right? Or uh, that sparkler, Mobby Sex. They yeah. know that one, right? Yeah. Uh, but he actually makes some decent some decent stuff um, this guy produ- produces a wine called sex that's right and it was all just a joke to see if the ttb would pass it and it did they'll do anything you just gotta <laughs> gotta learn how to sweet talk em. but it's a good wine it's rosé sparkling yeah. rosé but yeah mobby m-a-w-b-y they are solid solid producer of sparkling wine from michigan yeah without a doubt cool man all right you got anything else you gotta you gotta share I don't think so. Um, just happy, happy Wine Wednesday. If you're listening to this on launch day, cheers to you guys. The Honora Vera, it's just drinking delicious uh, right now. I, I did want to say, you know, going coming back full circle back to the Honora Vera. Yeah. It was their first vintage, you were saying, and they put all their good fruit into that. And I think we've seen that in a few different occasions over the years in the industry where a winery will produce a new label or a new wine. And they'll come out with the first vintage and it'll be like their best foot forward, their best fruit. And it just kind of blows you away. And then you go back the second or third vintage and now they've come out with a reserve wine that's more expensive. That's their best wine. And that wine you fell in love with to begin with, eh, not really doing it for you anymore. I don't necessarily expect that to be the case with Honor Vera. I agree. But I'm just talking about the strategy behind that. Right. Yeah, I mean, in, in we talked about in, in previous episodes just about the the size of the wineries and how mm-hmm. big they can get, right? I mean, Naomi's got commercials, like, on the air. I saw tonight. Well, you know, I was had some TV on in the background. It was a Naomi commercial. And at one point, Naomi was smaller production too, right? And then it grew and grew and grew and grew and sold. And now it's just massive, right? Especially right. on-premise. And it's Pinot Noir, but super extracted it's another one like the prisoner right where it was a small or small ish family owned that sold the brand and the same company that bought the prisoner bought mayomi right and i don't expect that from anorovero because the hill family doesn't typically do that right and i think if they went to a premium bottling i'm not sure there will be a rioja under anorovero and if there is i think that you would know a slight difference right but 
I don't think that they don't really sacrifice quality that way. Yeah. So I don't really see that happening, but that's a really good point. I, I mean, that's happened many times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in my career. And there was one that I remember that happening with that was a pre- kind of premium-ish Cabernet called, I'm just going to say it, Napa Cellars. Okay. And it was a smaller production and really good. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and the quality just you know, started to wane, but it had mass appeal. So it did well, like in grocery stores, right? Then I started seeing it there, but it was not the wine that it first was, Yeah, you know, and prices went up and quality kind of either stayed the same or maybe ticked down a little bit. Yeah. So, so no matter what vintage to vintage, you've got to taste the wine. Heck yeah. Don't get caught up into brand, right? Don't just walk in to the grocery store, which I just did. And there's a big stack of Mayomi right up front. How many did you grab? A couple cases. A couple cases. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, I mean, the moral of the story, it's like, might as well have a Coca-Cola display right next to it. It's, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And that's okay. Look, there, there's nothing wrong with those wines. And if you enjoy them, drink the shit out of them. That's great. But just try some other stuff every once in a while. Yeah, right? but I, and what I'm trying to say is you, you may have, maybe you've been drinking Mayomi for a long time, but it's, it's just not the same wine no. anymore. You know, it's, and it's become, and that's the point. Like we're this 2017 Rioja, like we're both just flipping out over it. We bought cases of it. You talked it up when you got back from Spain. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Pete, Pete knows what's up. Like, I can't wait to try this wine. And then, but until I had it, I really didn't understand. And then I tasted it and I was like, I get it now. I get why you were so bowled over by this. This, it just, you cannot get wine under ten dollars that tastes right. as good as this and for for them to be able to keep that quality level year after year after year I, obviously they can do it right but will they that'll be interesting we'll, we'll find out we'll find out when we so. grab some 18 to drink here soon <laughs> right I, I haven't i haven't really looked for it so i yep. mean because i had cases of this yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right exactly oh, man all right, man. I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Well, I uh, just want to thank everyone for tuning in again. Um, once again, by the way, Wine Wednesday, uh, another series that launches every single Wednesday. Uh, it's on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. We're once again <laughs> trending higher than The Mandalorian. Um, and I think they created Baby Yoda just to try to get a step on us. Dude's 50, right? So 50 years young, he's 50 years young. He can drink. He's good. (laughs) Drunk baby Yoda. Oh, I see a meme coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, man. Let's wrap it up. Life is short. Drink what you like tonight. Thank you for listening to that wine pod. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at, at that wine pod. And we are that wine podcast on Facebook. Also check out Mike on Instagram at vino Mike and Pete is at Fat Man Stories. Please subscribe to That Wine Pod on your favorite podcast app and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. The music is Proto Funk by Kevin McLeod. That Wine Pod is a production of Paragon Media. <laughs>